Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Trundlebed Tales. And you are here for episode 95, Polly T and his Little House Adventures. But before we get into that, let's take just a little minute for some housekeeping. And that is to remind you all that uh, you can be a part of the show, you can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free, 1-877-633. 339389 and you can call in with a question or a comment or if you're out and about and don't want to be sitting in front of a streaming com- a computer you can listen on the go also and uh, you also can catch this episode later or any of the episodes in the series either by streaming them directly from blog talk radio or you can download them as mp3s to take them with you on itunes in the meantime, be sure to follow me on social media under on your favorite platform under Trendlebed Tales because we want to hear back from you and what you are saying and thinking about Laura Ingalls Wilder and Little House. Uh, we are going to, at the end of the month, have an upcoming episode where we do a wind-up for what has happened in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom this year. And then, of course, right at the beginning of January, we'll be doing a looking ahead in 2018. And if in the meantime, you want to drop a line to me, either on social media or um, you can email me and let me know what has been the most important or memorable thing you did about Laura this year or that you're looking forward to next year. I'm always glad to get things like that. So. I think that rounds up our housekeeping. And that means we are going to get on with Polly T and his little house adventures. Hi, Polly. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Oh, pretty good. So do you want to start out telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Pauly T. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, and currently I reside over in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I work full-time for an airline as a customer relations uh, representative. I pretty much help out guests resolve their problems. Uh, When I'm not working... Um, I enjoy traveling, and one of my hobbies that I've taken on in the past several years is that I've been finding out where the filming locations for Little House on the Prairie, the TV series, took place, 
and I've made my way um, to many of the sites. Most of my life, um, I've been a loyal fan of the, um, the Little House TV series, and it's just been part of my childhood um, ever since. Well, I think it's really great that uh, you have been sort of seeking out the TV sites and are willing to share about it because a lot of Laura fans go to the places that uh, Laura lived in real life, but to actually visit the shooting locations is another whole thing. And it's it's great to um, search out that sort of thing, because it can be hard to find after the fact. I mean, I'm always trying to pass on when I find out about location information, because it's cool to go to places you saw and see on TV, and it's often hard to find them. That's true. So how uh, did you get introduced to Laura Ingalls Wilder in the first place? So let's see. So that is a, a cute story in itself. Um, that brings me back to um, my childhood back in 1982. Um, and I owe that gratitude to my grandmother. Um, she had asked myself and my sister one day um, to come and watch this uh, TV show that was just put on a syndicated network. And um, the channel was uh, WPIX New York, and it was called Little House on the Prairie. So we sat and we watched, and from that moment on, I just – I, I was hooked. I, I kept watching the show daily with her. Um, it was a tradition for her to watch it with with, with us. And um, you know, as I as I continued to watch the show, it I started beginning to relate to the morals and the values the show um, was was trying to, to show. Each show for me it seemed like it had a value and a lesson to it. Um, in addition to the entertainment it was providing. And that's how I began, um, you know, the Laura journey is just back then. Um, I did notice that um, at the end of each title, there was a display that the TV show was based on Laura Ingalls Wilder, an actual person. So that sparked an interest for me as well, wanting to learn about her, her real life story and get her books Um by the time I was in third grade, I was able to get all of her books. Um, I did that through a local library book drive um, that was going on, and I managed to get her entire series that way. Um, I got my first set through a garage sales too. Uh, my mom had always or had been told that she should have these books for for a kid if she was going to have a girl, and so. She hunted through garage sales for quite a while till we got the whole set. That's cool. So it, it seems like, you know, in your hobby aspect of it, you've looked into more of the TV show uh, than the books so much. So do you, do you like the TV show better than the books then? Well, I mean, I love the TV series a lot. Um, but I also do like the books as well. Um, the TV series is, for me, a, it's a magnificent masterpiece of television history. Um, and I can't think of any other show that resonates as much as it did for me. Um, Michael Landon was fantastic and brilliant in his work and everything he did and to make the show what it turned out to be. Um, it was um, you know, perfect casting, great writing. 
the storylines were great, and even the music. I just love the way um, the soundtrack of the series is. Um, it, it's comforting, and I don't feel that it compares to other TV shows out there. Um, well, one thing books, I one thing. Oh. One thing I like about the the music on it, since since you mentioned that, was how they use the theme song uh, as background music. You know, like if they'll into a sometimes they like will go into a restaurant and there'll be music playing and it'll be the theme song. You know, arranged a little different yes. differently. I think they do a great job with using that. I think more so than um, than a lot of other shows even today. It very cleverly kind of wraps you into it. I definitely agree with that. That's one, one reason I, I really love that music. It's, it's, it's great. Um, for the books, do I like the show more than the books? For me, the books um, is a supplement to wanting to learn more about each character. Um, an example would be Mary. Uh, we all know that in real life, Mary um, never married or had any children, but on the show she did. And, by watching the show and knowing that there were there was more information about the real family and wanting to learn more, it was a supplement, and um, it made me curious to want to read her books. So that's that's how I felt about the books back then. Um, so, and and I think you said there was something about your birthdays. Yes. So, one of the books I had read. Um, it wasn't written by Laura. It was a, I think it's Donald Zotchart was the name of the author. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading through the timeline and I noticed that her birthday is the same as my birthday. So we have the same birthday, the real Laura Ingalls, February 7th. Oh. So I well, that that's cool. Sweet. Mine's close to Carrie's, but I, that's cool to have it exactly the same. And same birthdays is, you know, it must have had a connection to uh, the Ingalls family because Mary and Pa's birthday is the same. Yes. That was, that was neat. So what made you decide to start visiting the, the shooting locations? Well, um, I've always wanted to go and see where everything was um, filmed Unfortunately, I lived on the East Coast most of my life, and I never imagined that I would ever be able to get to any of these places out on the West Coast. It was just simply a dream, and it's something I had always wanted to do. Um, I moved out to the San Francisco Bay Area about six years ago, so that made it better for me as far as location, so I can travel and you know get to these places as opposed to living on the East Coast. So um, once I made it out here, it was easier for me to pop on a plane or drive. Um, There's a lot of these places that are not too far um, from where I live. And therefore, I was able to do that. So it just motivated me more to go and visit the sites. Well, I think that... um... I think there are downsides to living in California, but I think a definite upside is that you get all get a lot better chance to do things in connections with TV shows and and actors and things because they're just a lot closer and it's 
easier to go to them. So I think you're right. It is oh, yes. a definite uh, advantage to, to be living in California and to get to do some of this stuff. Yep, definitely agree but, with that. But uh, um, a friend of mine lives out in West Virginia says that <laughs> that I have the benefit of living here because I'm close to the real little house sites because she has to drive halfway across the country just to even get close. So there are uh, benefits to living uh, everywhere, I guess. That's true. So uh, you'd also been talking to me earlier about uh social media and how that kind of helped you get more connected with uh, the show and the actors. Yes. Um, because before social media, there was no way to find out about anything. Like, I mean, that example, when I lived back on you know, the East coast, I never knew anything about where to go, what to find, where to find any information. You probably have to like write a letter to the networks and find out information there. And now with social media, it's pretty easy and simple. You just are on a, a fan page, and the information's right there for you. And you can connect with people. Um, it's 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 definitely um, been an improvement with communication since social media has um, come along. Well, what I like um, about social media, particularly Twitter, is that. On Twitter, you get into conversations sort of based by subject. So on Facebook, for the most part, you know, the people I talk to are people that I would have known anyway. But on Twitter, you can find out people that that are interested in the same subject you are just by, you know, kind of the conversations. And that's actually how I met you, although I've met you in real life now, too. So I think it is a, a... it does give you a edge, not just in finding information, but in being able to communicate with other fans, which, which I think is always makes be makes liking something better when you have somebody to talk to it or, or talk about with it. Yes, I totally agree with that. So, how did you find out where the sites were? I mean, I always knew that the main location was the um, the Big Sky Movie Ranch. That's where the town and the house um, were located. Um, mainly just researching online. I just Googled um, locations of filming sites for Little House, and I was able to find, uh, find out a lot of information. Um, the imdb.com um, website, Internet Movie Database um, gave me a lot of information, too. It just basically showed me where um, filming uh, locations were for particular episodes that I wanted to look at. Uh, Which was the first site that you visited? The first site was the Big Sky Movie Ranch. Um, It was always, it's always been a dream um, that I could someday go and see where the sets of all the buildings once stood, even though knowingly they're not there no more. Um, but it would be something special to do. Um, I decided one weekend, uh, this is about a year after I had moved moved to California, is that I was going to go find the ranch and 
after I did that, it sparked my interest and motivated me to try to seek other filming locations soon, soon afterwards. And I've been doing that for the last um, four and a half years now. Okay. Now I want to kind of pause there for listeners who don't, don't have a lot of information about how movies and TV shows are made. Uh, there are in California places that they called movie ranches. Now there aren't very many of them left. There's uh, the big sky one where little house takes place. And I think the, the Disney one uh, part of it at least yes. is still there, but that's about it. There used to be each one of the major studios had one and they would uh, well, they still do. They go in and build a site, which is usually just the outsides of the buildings. And uh, so they sometimes had a couple uh, standard buildings that different movies used. Uh, it it kind of depended um, where you were, how that worked. But a lot of times you would build a town, for example, from scratch. And then when your production was over, you cleared everything out because it could be that you were doing a Western and the next movie was going to be sci-fi and, or it was going to be, you know, a modern comedy or um, you were doing stuff with horses and, and then they were going to be cars shooting there the next week. So uh, most of the structures were very kind of temporary and put up. And that was true for the little house town. It was left up during the run of the series, but part of the reason why they blew it up at the end was they had to return the site to its um, original state for the next people coming in. And these are, this is an active ranch. So um, I just want to ask some follow-up questions here that people have asked me about visiting them and I've never been there. So if sure. you couldn't just like drive up to the gate, right? Didn't you? Did you have to contact somebody ahead of time? Yes, you you cannot drive up to the gate on your own and think you're just going to be able to get in there. Um, the best thing to do, and they recommend this, is you give them a call or you go on their website and email them, um, and you just let them know that you want to come by and visit the site. When would be a good time? to do that only because it it is an active filming ranch. So they want to make sure that there's um, available staff to escort you to the, you know, to the sites because they they won't let you just go by yourself. You you will be escorted in the um, area and out too. So that's the best thing to do is to just contact, um, contact the, the ranch directly by phone and or email so they can make an appointment for you. And a lot of times they want to schedule it when they don't have shooting days because they don't want, um, like they didn't want to, wouldn't want to have like a Western town behind the spaceships. They also wouldn't want to see you walking over the, the right. hill when they're supposed to be on Mars or whatever. So um, it's usually when they're not shooting. And it isn't, I, I think some people have it in their heads, even though they know the town's gone, that it's going to be more like... Um, I don't want to say an amusement park, but kind of like that, that there would be support systems and there really aren't. They take things back to the dirt. So there's not public restrooms. There aren't like picnic tables. There aren't, um, there, there aren't medical facilities. If you would get into trouble and I, I, did you guys see any snakes when you were there? I've been told there's a lot of snakes. Luckily I have not seen. Um, Otherwise I probably would not want to go back. 
no, I have not seen any snakes. So, <laughs> so basically, you're there on your own, and and it isn't set up like there's, um, you know, some place like I was just reading about uh, yesterday, uh, a story about the place where they shot The Hobbit down in New Zealand, and they have like organized tours there, and they sell tickets at standard prices, and they have standard tour times and a place to eat. None of that is is what this is. Right. This is going out to an active site, and they don't yep. have it set up for regular tours, so they are doing you a favor by letting you yes. do that. So you need to act accordingly. Now, the last time I heard anything about it, they didn't have a standard rate. You kind of had to negotiate with them a little bit. Uh, if you don't mind my asking, what did did you have to pay them or give them something? Yes. Or what, what did that work? Um, well, I've been there a few times, and the first time I had gone, it was it was a donation. Um, I gave them about it was, it was about forty fifty dollars. Um, the third time I had gone there, um, they pretty much gave a standard one hundred dollar rate, and it's pretty much an hour where they take you to the sites that you want to see. And they just let you take photos and do what you need to do there. And then they escort you back out. So it's basically about an hour, an hour of your time and their time that they're there with you. And um, you can just tour the area with uh, supervision. So uh, do, when you say to them that you want to see, well, I, I I have heard of a number of people doing this for the Little House site, so I assume so. But if you tell the people you want to see the Little House sites, how close can they get you to that? How familiar were your, your guides with what you were looking for? Um, one didn't really know too much. I had to explain, and I kind of knew what I was looking for. So then they took me, but then, um, the one where I had paid the tour guide, the hundred dollars, they actually had a, a, um, tablet with the pictures and, and they pretty much knew where they were going. And they just, I had said, I want to be taken to the, you know, the, the Ingalls homestead. So they knew where to take me. And Mm -hmm. we literally like drove right in front of, you know, that little road that's between the hill and, you know, the the house and the barn area where, where mm. it once stood. So they kind of do know where everything is for the most part. Um, so it was it, um, uh, so was it really kind of easy for you to tell sort of where things were once they got you to the right spot? Or is it, um, did you have yes. to kind of work to figure out where you were? No, I mean, when we drove, the first place we stopped was the Ingalls homestead, and I could tell where everything was. Um, the tree, the Plum Creek trees there, the actual creek is wasn't a real creek, but, um, you know, you could tell the little depression where it was. Um, everything pretty much looks the same as far as the trees and the landscape. Um, to the right of the Ingalls was the Flower Hill where the girls um, ran down in the opening credits, that's still there and the trees are still there. Um, then after they took us to um, the Edwards Garvey homestead, I could tell by the, the hill and at that hill, it's where the blind school used to be. So it's everything is like pretty much close together. I'd say within two miles, two or three miles of each other, it's, 
it's, everything's relatively close. The town, it's just an open space, but everything looks the same just without the buildings. Uh, is there, I know for a while they had had, although they, they did kind of clear everything off, the, the little house, they had built sort of a replica-ish looking thing for a while, but I think that got taken out in the fire. Is there, or one of the last fires, is, is there anything at that site now or is it just empty still? Nothing, it's empty still. I had inquired about it and there were talks, but I, it, they just didn't really mention too much. Um, we're putting a replica there, but I don't. They have not, so I don't know if they will or not. But there is definitely nothing. No buildings, nothing. They're just the the landscape, just without the buildings. And all of the the actual buildings used to shoot right there are are gone. There had apparently been talk that they'd left the church, but. That was not true. There was a church building near there, but it wasn't the one from the show, as far as I understand right. it. Is, is that what you understand, yes. too? I understand okay. that to be uh, true also, that that's not the actual church building. Okay. So let's move on a little bit then. Where else have you uh, visited that's related to the TV show? Okay. <clears throat> well, one place, um, it's about 100, 120 miles east of San Francisco is um, the Orvis cattle, cattle Ranch. And what's special about that place is that that's where they filmed the pilot movie. So oh. that's, yeah, I had found that out also online by doing Google searches and it's, it was it was actually one of the driving, um, you know, close distance to my house driving to get out there to to see this place. So that's the pilot series. The pilot movie was filmed in that um, cattle ranch. So is it still a working cattle ranch? Yes, it is a working cattle cattle ranch. Um, I did make a appointment to ask if I can come by, and they just said, "Sure, come on over." And they just pretty much told me. They just directed me at the gate where to go, so I didn't have to get escorted, and they just allowed me to take photos. I explained to them who I was and what I was doing here, and they just let me go on my own for that and take the photos for for um, what I had wanted to do. Was there anything left there of the buildings? I don't know if they had to clear that out too. Saudis tend to kind of melt back into the ground if you aren't really taking care of them. So I don't suppose they are, but was, was there any sign of the buildings? Yes, there actually was some, um, some remnants of the barn, um, but I'm sure that's been cleared by now. It, it was, you couldn't tell that it was a house, but it was just like, sticks of wood that was just left over and that's that was part of the house um i guess they were trying to repair it but that didn't happen and it just got demolished and i guess the remnants were there at that time when i when i visited uh, this was back in um 2015 so i'm not sure if anything's still left there from the last time i saw well, that might, I mean, ranches tend to have buildings just kind of left around various places. It's sort of how branches and farms work is you have buildings stuck here and there. 
So I, I'm not surprised that it would just be there with sticks of wood sticking out because that's kind of how things go. Uh, and yeah, and true. I yeah and there was also a, one of the big episodes that people talk about uh, was in sort of a different location, the one with Ernest Borgnine um, from The Lord yes. Is My Shepherd. I think you tracked that down too. Yes, I did. Um, so I. This is located in the Stanislaus National Forest. That's by the Sierra Nevada Mountains. That's about 150, close to 200 miles east of San Francisco. Um, and I did find the actual mountain, Jonathan's Mountain. And um, it's actually called Iceberg Meadow. And it, it was a really nice sight to see. Um, it still looks the same as it did. Um, in the movie, uh, the TV show, 40 years ago. Um, and then there was another location not too far away from that site. Um, it's called Donnell's Vista Point. It's like a pull-off on the side of a road, a parking area. And that's also another location that they used to film this episode. That was actually the um, the ground area of, of the top of the mountain, which, I mean you couldn't actually go to the top of that of Jonathan's mountain to film. So they used that area to film as it, as it had been, that was the top of the mountain. Um, And again, for the listeners, if you are unaware, they quite often do things like that where they, the way they edit things together is a lot different than how it is when you actually are just standing there they shot a movie um, around where I live uh, back when I was in high school and it was, they shot it all locally because it was uh, an Iowa, well, it was, it was actually called Zadar the cow from hell and a local comedy troupe was filming it. But if you looked at it, there were shots like of something that you knew was in Ely right across from something that you knew it was in Solon and everybody else who were watching the movie would just go, Oh yeah, there's, you know, think it was one town, but as local people were looking at it, it was really freaking us out because <laughs> of the things. But so it, it, to have the top of a mountain shot one place and the bottom of it shot another is, is totally typical and, and something that happens a lot. So, right. Um, I always get, I always think it's funny about that though, because I had pulled up a news article actually that talked about where uh, this was shot from their local paper in the 70s. And they were talking about how uh, they'd picked that location because it looked so much like Minnesota. Which I just think is so funny because if you you know if you've been to right. Walnut Grove, that is yep. so not even close to what Minnesota looks like. But okay, uh, but you've you've hunted down other places as well. I, I think you said you'd found the the courthouse. Yes, so the courthouse that they use in many episodes. Um, I guess the episode Family Tree where Albert gets adopted and Blind Man's Justice, um, where Adam has his first court case. So that um, that's actually called the Calaveras Historical Museum, 
and that's located in San Andreas, California, which is also east of um, San Francisco. I'd say it's about 150 miles east. Um, what was special about that location is that um, there was a, a special frame. There was a picture of Michael Landon, uh, Karen Grasley, and Matthew Laberto that they had taken, and they had all um, their autographs, so it was nice to see. And everything looks as it did on the TV show. It still does, um, and they do let you go in. Um, there's like a small fee, I think, between 3 and $5, I think it was, last time when I had gone. And they just allow you to go through and check out all the different rooms, and it, it was a nice. It was nice to do. I enjoyed that. So, so was it an actual courthouse, or had it was it just an old building they kind of dressed as a courthouse? My understanding, it was an old courthouse that is no longer being used. Um, they had made a new one down in the center of town, so there's an actual courthouse that they use now uh, for present. So that's no longer used as the courthouse, but I've been told by um, the caretaker there that it was used back in the day. So, Well, that's, that's neat. Have they had other filming companies there, or was this just a place Little House used? I didn't see anything else, so I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But um, mm. I I just saw that they had the um, the Michael Landon frame which so, is yeah. great to see. That sort of sounds like maybe it wasn't something they did all the time then, but that's interesting. The uh, it, It's funny that it was an old courthouse because one of once in a while, Iowa has 99 counties, and once in a while you'll get people saying, oh, you know, the counties with the low population, we ought to combine them. And they always say, yeah, but uh, because then we wouldn't have to, have the courthouse but people always say that wouldn't do any good because they'd have to keep the courthouse as a museum because they are such wonderful old buildings that it wouldn't save anybody any money so it's funny that somebody actually had a courthouse that was a museum right Uh, and and, uh, they did a lot with trains on the show and uh, a train is a lot harder to move in and out of a place than than a building so what? where yes. did they do the trains? So the trains um, were located in Jamestown, California, and it's actually near um, where the courthouse is, not too far um, in that area. It's called Jamestown. And they had, it's called the um, railtown1897.org is the website for that. And there you can actually go and ride the actual train they used, uh, the number three was one of them, and I think the 28 was another. But definitely the number three was the one most notably used on the series. And they let you do tours and take a train ride, so it's a pretty fun thing to do. Um, that does yeah. sound like fun. I loved historic train rides, so that would be fun. It definitely and- was. <laughs> And um, the other thing uh, that you were going to talk about was uh, this really famous covered bridge. And from covered bridge, I don't think listeners would get in picture what it is. But if if you have seen pretty much any television show 
that involves a covered bridge that has kind of open strut work on the sides instead of being closed like ridge, real covered bridges are. It's usually the same bridge, and it was in Little House. It was in Dukes of Hazard. They drove a car over it in Remington Steel. Uh, the when uh, Ralph Waite died, the little end plate was a picture of um, Mark Harmon and him sitting in the car that his character gave Mark Harmon's character right in front of this bridge. It's in all this stuff. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. So this is located at the Golden Oak Ranch, which is also known as the Disney Ranch. Um, and it, that bridge has been used in many episodes. Um, I remember it on the Lake Kesey episode as one, because the, the lake that was used for the episode was also there too. Um, the bridge has been refurbished, so it doesn't look like it like it did on the show. It looks similar, but they've fixed it up to look a little bit more modern. Um, that's that's located at that um, Golden Oak Ranch. And it's also a private um, filming ranch, as Big Sky is. So definitely, if you want to go see something like this, you just have to call them and make an appointment, and they can um, accommodate you, and they can take you out to check it out. Um, but it, it looked pretty much the same. The area looked the same. Um, the lake with the bridge, I just felt like I was on one of the, one of those episodes that it, it was on, so... It was pretty cool to see too. Well, it's it's I think a, one of if I was going to go see one thing that was a location shout out in California, I think I would want to go see that bridge just because it's been in in so much stuff. It it it's a real I think pop culture kind of landmark. And if you're yeah. just, you know watching television shows, I don't know when they built it, but between the seventies and today, you just see it show up in at least one episode of so many different series that it's, it's just, it, it's kind of a, an amazing thing. Yeah. I, I didn't little, warn, Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh no. I was just going to say the last time I actually saw that bridge on a TV series was the middle a few years back. I don't know if it was 2014 or 2013. I can't remember which season that it was on, but it was the actual bridge before they refurbished it. So that was the last time you can see that bridge the way it looked before they renovated it. And they have pictures of it on, on their website that you can see what it looks like today. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, which I did not warn you about. So it's okay if you, if you don't know, but do you know if Disney still owns it? I mean, I know they, they used to, and they did a lot of their production work there for the live action movies in like the the 60s, 70s. But do you know if they still do it or did they sell it? I'm not aware if they sold it. Um, they, I had asked them what other films had been there. They they mentioned Superman, so I don't know um, what segment was filmed there, but they said that Superman, I guess the original movie in 78, was filmed there, so parts of it anyway. So and, they, um, they told me, so I'm not sure if they still own it or not. There was uh, one of the things that's... I, I don't think it's there anymore, but um, the... I was watching an old Disney movie. I think it was, oh, what's the name of it? it? It's one that has a horse in it. And um, the, the 
I, there's a, I know quite a few that have a horse in it, but this was about a girl who was getting into a riding contest. And anyway, the, their farmhouse was the same building as the original blind school that Mary attended, you know, in the, the two-part episode. Oh, okay. uh, and I saw it and on the movie, and I was just freaking out because I was like, that's the same house. I know that's the same house. So. Uh, it, it used to be there, but I think they've taken it down. At least I couldn't find it anywhere on their website or anything. I would love to see that if it was still around. Uh, yeah, so I have to look up and see what the name of that movie is. I, I was going to, and I forgot all about it, but okay. Uh, but you've also done some uh, inside stuff too, right? Besides the exterior shots, the inside down stages. So where have you seen those? Yes. So um, it was actually this year that I did. I went to, um, it's called Paramount Studios in Los Angeles, and that's where they had the sound stages. I believe they use sound stage 30 and 31. Um, nothing's there, of course, now. Well, they're using it for other, other TV shows, but that's where they filmed the, um, the interior shots of the series. Um, so pretty much they took us by some buildings. I, I did get to go into one of these sound stages and I think they told me that, well, Dr. Phil was being filmed in, in one of the areas where Little House was being filmed. So I thought that was interesting. Um, outside of those buildings, they show what shows were being filmed at the time and they have Little House as listed as being filmed into um, the sound stage 30 and 31. So it was, it was nice to see that. And Allison Ingram talks about how uh, that they, uh, in where they shot the, the show that they could still see part of the yellow brick road because the wizard of Oz had been shot in the same location. And it, it's a cool thing. I, I haven't gotten to do a movie lot tour, but I, I'm, I uh, think that sounds like it would be a really cool thing. Definitely. Definitely something to do. And uh, the, you have uh, done some of the real-life uh, locations, too. And uh, I think that um, before we get to the regular home sites, you had done some Laura stuff in San Francisco, which people don't often think of as a Laura home site town, but uh, there is actually between Rose living there and Laura's book, a uh, West from home. Uh, there's actually yes. quite a few things uh, there. So what have you been to see? Well, there's definitely a lot of things to see in San Francisco. Um, when Laura came to um, San Francisco in 1915 to visit Rose, that was during the PPIE, which it was like the World's Fair, Panama Pacific International Exposition. And it ironically was 2015 when I decided to do this for its 100th anniversary. I knew that um, she had come out to visit her, so I wanted to see places that she's seen. So a um, few places I managed to visit were... Um, Muir Woods, which is like the Redwood Forest. Um, it's about maybe an hour north of San Francisco. Um, Sausalito, um, that's another town that's across the Golden Gate Bridge. 
um, the Palace of Fine Arts, which is the only structure that's remaining from that um, World's Fair exposition. Everything else was torn down. And there's actually a sign in the Palace of Fine Arts that says that Laura Ingalls Wilder, um, it's like a placard about her book and that she had visited and all that. So that was nice to see. Really? Um, that is cool. Was, yeah. So I'm like, wow, I'm like, it's amazing that here's a thing about Laura Ingalls in San Francisco. So uh, that was great to see. Um, I also visited the Greek theater and that's in Berkeley, California, which is across the Bay. And finally, um, she stayed at um, a house on Vallejo street and I'm sure that's likely where she wrote her letters. So I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't get to go inside because it is um, occupied by tenants. So I, I didn't want to be rude, but the house is still there and it was beautiful to see. And could you say that how, the right way to pronounce the street? Uh, I'm always am concerned. I'm saying things sure. like that wrong. That's okay. It's pronounced Vallejo. The J is silent. Vallejo. All right. Yep. As I, I, also, I actually had uh, called down one time to make sure I was saying the Verdigree River, like uh, the people in Kansas were saying it. I, uh, I had a professor when I was in college who used to say that if you wanted to uh, know how Americans pronounced place names, just assume what the perfectly wrong way to do it was, and that would be how we said it. <laughs> so having visited all these places, what is uh, the coolest thing that you've seen? The coolest thing that I've seen that's, TV show related, um, I have to say, is the mantle fire uh, fire piece. Um, you know, the CICI, the fireplace piece that was on the set of the TV show in the little house. That actually um, still exists, and that's in the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum in Walnut Grove, the real Walnut Grove, Minnesota. And it was it was just great to see that. I'm, I was very like excited when I saw it. And I took photos and with it and of it and with friends and it was just neat to see. So I think that was the coolest thing that I've seen um, related to the show. And it's really cool One, as you're watching episodes is to watch it that I had a very well drawing fireplace fire so soot yep. deposits on it and as you watch the episodes you can see it getting blacker and blacker and blacker yes. as the series goes on and it's still got that blackness on it yes it does yes it does um one thing that i also thought was really cool and i've always wanted to see and i actually was able to see it this past year um was um charles ingles um violin his fiddle at um in mansfield missouri that's where i saw it so that his actual fiddle is on display at, at the museum there so i i was very happy to see that because it's something that i've always wanted to see i think it is a real touchstone for fans and if you get a chance to go during wilder days they will have somebody playing pause fiddle a couple times during the weekend um which is really a, a cool thing. They, the time I was down there for it, they did it twice during the day and I sat there for both hours because it was just so cool to hear a pod fiddle play. And if you're interested in it, 
There is a CD called uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder Speaks, and it has some songs played just by Paz Fiddle. And um, it's probably the best way to hear it if you can't hear it in person. Sometimes just uh, an instrument has to be played for it to stay in shape. And they have a fiddle player who will come in periodically during the year to play it, but they don't schedule the rest of them. So if you if you just happen to be in the right place at the right time, you may get to hear it the rest of the year, but uh, it definitely is always available during uh, wilder days. I need to make it out during that time. I missed it by, I think a couple of days. Um, yeah. Like I, I've got to get back there. I really have. It's on my goals list. I don't know if I'll make it during wilder days, but I'm really hoping that 2018 will be the year I get back to Mansfield. So if you could just visit one TV related site of all the ones you see, if somebody said, what is the one you could visit, which one would you recommend? Well, I would definitely recommend see about going to the big sky movie ranch if you had to pick one place only because most of the show was shot there, even though the buildings aren't there, it, it just, you can tell where everything is and it's just nice to see. I mean, it's only an hour. Like I had mentioned previously, it's an hour to do to see all the sites, you know, where the area of the buildings were, but I would recommend that to do. If you if you're just going to see one of all of the items, all of the places where it was filmed would be that. Oh, and, and and I think you said something about the sweetheart tree earlier. Yes. Um, on my last visit, I actually saw the sweetheart tree. It's still there. Um, it's they have fainted. Um, the carvings are about they're a little fainted, so you can't really see them. But they are there, and you can tell um, um, that it's the sweetheart tree. So uh, while you've done all of these TV show-related visits, you started visiting the real places Laura lived too. Uh, why did you decide to expand your quest into the real places? Well, um, I've always wanted to see where Laura lived in all the different places. Um, and that's from reading her books. It just made it more um, more enticing to visit where they had all lived. And it seems that most of these places have remained the same um, throughout the years. And you can pretty much step back into the days that Laura lived when you're there. Um, So as a TV show fan, what is it like to visit a real Laura home site? For me, it was, I thought it was wonderful. Um, and worth every moment to be there. Um, at each site, you get to learn a different part of Laura's history. It's not the same as a TV show, but it gives you um, more of a real experience how they had lived back then. Um, and at each museum site, the curators and the docents at each location are friendly and welcoming. So they they want you to come and they, they'll explain everything that's, that's happened during that time period. And for me, it was a it was a blessing and a relaxing, pleasant experience um, during my vacation time there. Well, I think it, people are really nice 
in the home site towns and and um it it really i i love to visit them too and i wonder though as someone who lives kind of in a more um urban area were you bothered by the fact that you had to drive so far and it was uh such um kind of small population areas just because no i actually enjoy people... this oh good well i get people sometimes love... who are who are say think that it's really kind of weird and are a little freaked out about having to drive so far with like no people and uh, i'm glad you enjoyed it because i i personally would rather do that definitely. than drive through a city street anyway but definitely so, which ones of the real home sites have you visited now? <clears throat> so, I've been to Walnut Grove. I've been to Desmet, South Dakota. I've been to Independence, Kansas. Um, I've been to Mansfield, Missouri. I've been to Baroque, Iowa. Um, Spring Valley, Minnesota, but that's for Almanzo. Um I saw his barn there, his family's barn. Um, let's see, where else? Have you been to Pepin? No, that's the only place I did not make it. I did not make Pepin, and I, I'm going to do that on my next trip. So I've done everything up to Walnut Grove, nothing um, east of that. Well, what would you say was your favorite of those real-life experiences? My favorite, I will have to say, would be um, on the banks of Plum Creek, being there. It's, it was just wonderful, um, very peaceful, um, with water that was trickling through. There were little minnows swimming. Um, and then we crossed over to the dugout, and we climbed up to the top of the dugout. There's a depression there, so it's not the house isn't really there. But um, there's a sign that's the, that says that this is the location of where the dugout was. And behind that, there's an expansive view of the meadow. And you can picture it almost how life was back then. It just everything looks untouched. I mean, there's no buildings or anything there, but the land is just magnificent for me. It, it is a lovely place. And I always try and recommend people to bring along a towel if you're going to Walnut Grove. Yes. You know, sort of, sort of like the Hitchhiker's Guide thing about you got to know where your towel is. And uh, really do take the time to go waiting because I think it makes a yes. big difference. And around here, we live in, or I live in an area that has a lot more uh, limestone to it. So the creeks around here, you do not want to walk in because you would... It, well, you can if you want to, but it, it, it really is uncomfortable because you're walking on gravel. And up there, you're walking on sand, and it's very smooth, and it's a very uh, relaxing experience. The only thing you really kind of have to watch out for are the holes because it floods every spring, and when it floods in the spring, it can dig out holes. So you've got to watch where you're walking, or you can suddenly be down two feet deeper than you were oh, wow. before. So, but it, it, I, I agree with you. It is a lovely thing to do. Definitely. Now, I had sent you some questions asking uh, about 
uh, your experiences meeting some of the actors, but we may have to come have you come on back uh, to talk about that because we only have about five minutes left. People always oh, wow. say people always say they don't have any idea how they're going to fill the hour, and almost always they're like, "Whoa, where did the time go?" But that's because I pick interesting people to come on. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I, I did want to jump to the end, though, and look at uh, the last question, um, just to talk about what do people need to do to prepare for uh, a trip or um, for an event, if you were going there, like you, I think, had mentioned that you were at the uh, Little House Cast Reunion in 2014, and, and you were... Uh, well, where we met was at the Dismet event yeah. this year. So, what do you, what do people do to do to prep for an event like that, especially if you're flying in? Because I, I always drive, so I, I don't know what people who fly do. So, sure. Take that away. Um, well, I'll, I'll speak about what I did. So, I discovered um, in November of 2013 that there was going to be a 40-year cast reunion of Little House, which was phenomenal. And I, you know, looked up the information where it was going to be held, um, looked up at looked the um, website of the museum, and this was being held in Walnut Grove. So I looked at walnutgrove.org, and it gave the information of, um, of what was going to happen for each day. Then I checked airlines. I actually work for an airline, so I can pretty much check any time and uh, any airline, and I can make plans for that. But also to check lodging, how much it's going to cost, if you have to rent a car or if you're going to fly out there, food, what's available as far as restaurants and all, and just what kind of weather to expect, because this um, event was occurring in July and I began my research in November, so I have plenty of time. You want to book early for your hotel, like make a reservation, because these for these type of events, the hotels do fill up fast, and you don't want to not be able to get a room somewhere uh, that's close and have to drive miles and miles to to stay at a place. And um, it is, uh, and and let me just break in to reinforce sure. how small these towns are that a lot of times people coming from urban areas have in their head that there, you know, there's going to be all these motels around. Um, Walnut Grove itself does not have a motel or a bed and breakfast in it. You have to get a surrounding town. And right. uh, and a lot of uh, the towns are kind of small like that. And you may have to fly into a place a little further away and do quite a bit of driving to get there. So uh, just understand that before yes. you start planning any of these trips that it will, even if you fly in, it's going to involve driving. So, okay. Yes, it definitely, it definitely will. No, I was just thinking it definitely will involve driving. And then of course, um, in the end, it's rewarding. So make sure you have a camera with you. And you have done really a great job. Whenever you take one of these trips, you take a lot of photos and you share them on Facebook and places where it's uh, easy for other people to say them. And, and I really appreciate that because I doubt I will probably get out to the California site. So it's nice to be able to see uh, pictures of them. 
Oh, my pleasure. I've had a lot of people um, tell me about that, that they enjoy seeing these places through my photos because they can't um, go to these sites. So after I heard that, I said, well, you know what, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take photos and put them on Facebook and they are all welcome to look at them. And if somebody wanted to uh, find your photos, what are, uh, what's the best way for people to do that? Um, definitely. I post them on the Little House Facebook pages, like the Little House um, cast reunion pages one. That's a main one. And then another one is the fans of Little House on the Prairie. That's another big Facebook Little House group. I usually post them on two to three sites that are there, which are the main ones, and then you can share them with each other. So it's pretty easy to get to them. Um, and then you can also check them on, I post them on my page too. So you can always check the link on my page. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Polly. We are out of time. Uh, and maybe if, if this was not uh, too hard, maybe you'll come back again and talk about um, meeting the actors and how you do that. Sure. I'm really surprised we're out of time, and I appreciate you having me on the show. Well, uh, it's, it's an honor. It's a, well, that's that's nice of you to say, but I think that people will be interested because I think you have had a really kind of unique set of experiences and have done such a nice job sharing them that I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that also. Well, with that... I am going to go ahead and thank Polly for being on here and uh, make sure that everyone else is looking for the year-end episode, which should be coming up before the end of the month. And then in January, the starting out a year episode. And in the meantime, uh, Merry Christmas. And I hope that everyone will brighten the corner where you are. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.